0: as breath in your body, there is hope. Welcome once again to Think Hope Podcast and I'm your hostess, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins and I'm here to facilitate you on your journey of hope. And today, we're talking about how to put hope into practice. And that I tell you, that's a very important part of this whole hope campaign, and that is how to put hope into practice. And I would like to begin today's broadcast by sharing from my upcoming book that I am in the process of completing and still looking at the release date for the spring of 2019. And it's entitled, as long as there's breath in your body, there is still hope. And I want to just read a little bit from one of the chapters that's entitled releasing the power of hope, because it's actually in this chapter that I began to talk about this whole concept of, Hopologist and hopeology and and within this particular chapter is where we learn how to put hope into practice based upon a social spiritual educational model so it's a combination of 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 the social spiritual and educational okay I'm going to read from releasing the power of hope that's the title of this chapter if I had to summarize everything that I've gone through in my life, I would have to say that having hope in the midst of many difficult and challenging situations literally saved my life. I also have seen hope save the lives of thousands of others. And that is why Mothers in Crisis is conducting a hope campaign to release the power of hope. I even trademark Hopeologists with the United States of America Patent and Trademark Department, Class 35, promoting public awareness of hope by means of public advocacy. And Hopeologists is that's what the trademark is in. Hopeologist services consist of promoting Fridays as Hope Universe Day and April, the National Month of Hope. This includes hope coaching, podcasts, blogging, such as what we're doing now through the Think Hope podcast, training, seminars, summits, and workshops, all designed to share practical ways for people and society in general to practice hope by becoming more hopeful. Utilizing components of social, spiritual, and educational models Mothers in Crisis advocates for hope as a way of thinking and living. And then it goes on to kind of outline some of the things uh, that we've already, that we've been talking about uh, in terms of our thinking hope and making the hope connection. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But whenever you hear uh, ology in something, when you say hope ology, and we're talking about that from that particular standpoint, and as hope ologist, ology is simply the study of something, and in this case, it's the study of hope. So we, and, and one of the ways that we've been doing this is uh, Mothers in Crisis Hope surveys. That's one of the ways that we that we uh, study it. The way one of the ways that we're promoting it and that public advocacy piece is the Hope Fridays, and it's also the uh, National Month of Hope in, in April, but but in the midst of all of the promotions and the campaign of spreading the hope, we're also studying it. We're also studying this whole concept of hope, and we're studying it from that standpoint, from the social, spiritual, educational model, and uh, one of the ways that we're doing that is through the HOPE Surveys, And I have a HOPE survey that I want to start off by uh, sharing with you guys uh, from someone. It's a young lady by the name of Crystal who shared on this particular uh, HOPE survey. But before I do, I just want to kind of share a little bit about these HOPE surveys. We started in April of 2018, and that's when we kicked off the National Month of HOPE. And we've been implementing the Mothers in Crisis Hope Surveys to random people in person and online. As a matter of fact, we'll be heading out on Saturday to uh, the park, the main park that we go to, Cascades Park here in Tallahassee, Florida, the capital. And uh, we're we're actually going to have a local television uh, reporter with us who's going to be filming us out there because they're doing a story on uh on they have a little segment called called those who are making a difference and uh so so they they sent me an email the reporter Christine from WTXL saying that uh the viewers had uh rec- had had um uh suggested that I be one in other words they had voted for me to be <laughs> to be featured on this on this segment of uh people making a difference and uh so uh, therefore they're going to come out and 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 talk to some of the, the 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 members of of our hope squad and and also uh about some of the things that we're doing our losing weight loving life class and group coaching class and then they're going to actually follow us out in the community to uh to do these hope uh surveys so i think it's a wonderful thing any anytime we can i'm honored for to be recognized as such and uh to be nominated in that way and um And for them to choose me and because it's not me, it's, (laughs) it's God is the God in me. And it's also the, the work it's, it, that's what this movement is all about. Or this campaign is all about. It's about where awareness. So when we can have those, those type of uh, things to happen, getting on the news, being on television and radio and newspaper and all of that, it's all about uh, pushing the agenda forward. And it's a, it's a wonderful agenda. So we ask people to answer these four questions. And the first question is, what is hope? The second is, what brings you hope or makes you hopeful or full of hope? The third is, what are some things that zap your hope or make you feel less hope or hopeless? And then finally, what do you experience when you are hopeful? And some of, after that, some of the participants agree uh, to be videotaped, and um, and then they come over and, you know, they're videotaped. So we're in the process of compiling the data, and we'll share the results during the next uh, National Month of Hope in April. We're planning a summit. We're planning uh, just a lot of great things. And so you guys just stay tuned and keep us lifted because, because we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful celebration for our second uh, second annual National Month of Hope in April um so far so far from the from the participants that we have uh that 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 we that have taken the survey so far the majority state that their children bring them hope and then close second is uh their faith in god and 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 then others say other people bring them hope and when we ask what zaps their hope uh many stated that negativity and negative people zap their her- their hope And uh, when asked about their experiences of hope, the answers vary. They vary from excitement and elation to actually peace and calm. So it's clear that people experience hope in different ways. So we're excited about that. And that's one of the ways that we study uh, hope. And I'm going to share an interview that we did with one of the uh, participants by the name of Crystal. I am so excited. My name is Rosalind Tompkins and I am the Hopeologist and I have with me today Crystal. Crystal Parker. Crystal (laughs) who has agreed to to share with us her answers for our Mothers in Crisis Hope Survey and this is so that we can continue with our hope campaign because we're spreading hope around the world. Hope is so needed especially now. So I'm just going to ask you these four questions. And then you just answer them in your own, just in your own words, okay? Okay. All right, so uh, number one,
1: what is hope? Um, Hope is just being um, optimistic about the future and just kind of keeping an open mind and, you know, just having faith, so that's what hope means to me. Okay, okay, very good. And what brings you hope or makes you hopeful? Um, Just knowing that every day I have a chance to make it right, make it, you know, a better day from yesterday. So knowing that, um, you know, God's able to, give me that um that chance to wake up and start over then that gives me hope okay okay very good now what are some things that zap your hope or make you feel hopeless um as much as I'm a very positive person I say stress uh mm-hmm. relationships that go sour just negative people um just just I think overall having a negative aura around me is just stuff that's my hope okay
0: okay I can understand mm-hmm. that now, think about the last time that you felt hopeful. How was it? What do you experience when you, are, when you feel hope or you are hopeful?
1: Um, the last time I can remember being hopeful or the feeling that I have being hopeful, I just know that I was being very optimistic and just knowing that my problems will going to be forever and temporary and that I can get through no matter what. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you. We're going to take a, a, a photo, and then uh, we have a few gifts that we'd like to give to you. Thank you. And so that was a young lady by the name of Crystal who took the HOPE survey uh, on one Saturday morning at, as we were out in the park and we were just speaking to random people about uh, what they thought about HOPE and asked them the four questions. And that's one of the ways that, that we are studying HOPE because we really want to find out what people are thinking about hope and, and what brings hope to people. Because, because in order for us to really be effective at getting the message out there and promoting through public advocacy this, this whole concept of hope, we need to have an understanding of what is going on and where people are. And another way that we study hope is by looking at real-life examples of people We've gone through horrendous situations and made it out through the power of hope. And tonight we're going to uh, study we're going to look at a case study of uh, of someone, a young lady by the name of Abby Hernandez and we're going to we're going to look at a little bit deeper into her story and we will see the power of hope in action because we all have stories, and the thing about it is, Whenever we talk about this uh, this whole concept of practicing, putting hope into practice, and we talk about think hope and make hope connections and all of this, sometimes it it can get lost just in in just the verbiage and and just in the you know just the communication of 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 just saying the things, but 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 whenever we could see it in action. In other words it really makes a difference when things begin to happen in your life. And so so that's when they say the rubber meets the road. That's when uh, it, it comes alive. and And we're going to see what happened to this young lady, Abby Hernandez. She was kidnapped while walking home from school, and she was held captive for nine months. But one thing about this young lady we're going to find out is that she had an attitude where she thought hope where she was a hope thinker and that's what we that's one of the things that we're challenging people to do and we're helping people to practice hope by first of all thinking hope and let me just share a little bit about what that means and then we'll hear an example and we'll study a little bit more about what happened to this dear sister Abby Hernandez and and how Hope played, made a big difference in her life. So to think hope, okay, hope is defined as the expectation that something good will occur. And as part of the HOPE campaign, we're encouraging everyone to think hope. And when you think hope, you look for the good amid every challenging situation. When you think hope, you believe that things can and will get better. Think hope. You can find solutions because hope is like a light shining in the midst of a dark tunnel. When you see the light of hope, it illuminates your path. Now that sounds simple, but it's really quite difficult to just think hope because it's easier to let your thoughts roam to wherever they want to go. And it's so often to negative places. However, however, It is definitely worth the effort to think hope and not negativity because research studies show and it reveals that hopeful people excel in life, live longer, and live well. And that's what we're going to see. First of all, I'd like to just play a clip from the 2020 interview uh, that reporter Deborah Roberts did with Abby Hernandez. And uh, on this first clip, we'll hear what people were saying about her uh, as a person, and then we'll get into some of the facts of, of what actually happened to her. So I'm going to share that, and then I'll be back, and we'll continue to talk about, we're going to see a real-life case study of hope in action.
2: Abby always has been very kind, always loved animals, very cheerful, happy child. Girly girl, little tough a little bit of a tomboy. She's very athletic and a fantastic skier. We hiked a lot together. Miranda Cloutier and Abby have been best friends since seventh grade. How would you describe her? Very funny, always in a really positive mood. She has this really nice personality of being able to talk to anybody, so she kind of became friends with anybody she met. As a new high school freshman, Abby studies German Robotics, from 9, 2013. 14-year-old Abby doesn't come home from school. At what point did you start to think, this well, is strange? Well, right away I was like, she should be somewhere. You know, she probably is at school with her friends. Were you texting her? I texted her, yeah, nothing. No response. No. Now, what are you thinking? I was worried, but I was like, okay, I'll go to school. So I get to school. And then my variance says I saw her leave. And that's when I got very worried. Has she ever not shown up at yeah. home before? My, my thinking was okay. She had an injury, broke her leg, appendicitis, who knows, like got hit by a cough. I called the hospital at that time. I said, no, they have not seen her. At this point, kind of getting frantic, actually. Are you thinking at this point that maybe she ran away? No, it didn't make sense. Especially because Abby's 15th birthday is just three days away. She was very enthusiastic about it. We are planning a whole big party to have friends over. Um... The next day, the community is roiled and rattled when the story hits the local news. We are also following new developments in the search for a missing teenager from Conway tonight. And What's your first thought? I was shocked that she was missing. Did it occur to you that maybe she ran away? No, I gotta tell you, she faced problems. She didn't run away from them. Miranda remembers the last time she saw Abby. They were taking selfies at school. And we wanted to silly
3: together. That was the last
2: known picture of her, was the picture her and I took together in science class. FBI agents went door-to-door Thursday night in an apartment complex just off Route 16. The search ramped up incredibly fast. The Conway police started. The Attorney General's office got involved. The FBI, state police, basically created a dragnet in the North Conway area looking for Abby Hernandez.
0: Yes, and Abby had been kidnapped While walking home from school and she was held for nine months. But the headline that got my attention about this young lady is that Abby says she never lost her will to survive. And as I began to read a little bit more uh, from her story and what she had to say in her own words, it showed me a case study of someone who had hope, and because of her hope and her faith in God, she was able to make it through that horrendous situation. But let's just find out. Let me just tell you, share with you a little bit more about what had happened uh, to Abby. Abby was getting ready for her 15th birthday, so she was a young girl, teenager, when on October the 9th, 2013, she was reportedly abducted by Nathaniel Kibbe while on her way home from school in Conway, New Hampshire. And he transported her 30 miles north and kept her captive for nine months, during which time she was abused, she was drugged, and she was sexually assaulted. But Abby, praise God, was freed from Kibbe in July, 2014, when he feared authorities would close in on him in connection with an unrelated counterfeiting operation or investigation because he was also a counterfeiter. And that's what uh, ended up getting him uh, caught because he gave some counterfeit money to a prostitute and then she tried to buy something at Walmart and then they traced it back to, to him. And that was that was Abby's way out. But they asked her in the interview that did did she know um, his name and and, and what did she, you know what did she what was her impressions of him and, and so I want to play a, a, a little short clip from Abby in her own words of what he did and what she he told her to call him.
2: Finding something a little more humane for you to keep you quiet. He said, I'm thinking of a shock collar, you know, they're like dogs wear a shock collar. I remember he put it on me and he told me, okay, try and scream. And I just slowly started to raise my voice and then it shocked me. So he's like, okay, now you know what it feels like. You know? Did you ever learn his name? Did he say anything about who he was? Actually, he told me, um, call me,
0: call me master. yes that was abby hernandez and she would, she detailed her story in an exclusive interview on abc's 2020 and that 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 interview aired on uh september the 7th, and um and she she talked about how she tried to to get away and she tried to peek out of the the car window when she was caught but he stunned her we he put a stun gun on her, on her thigh and uh you know just just some horrendous things i'm not going to go into to all the graphic details but there, a, there are there several points that i wanted to to read from her from what she said uh she said the rate was the first of repeated sexual abuse she would suffer at kibby's hands while the nine months during the nine months he held her captive at his mobile home and then she said i did not want to die said hernandez now 19, so it's just been uh, four years now. She said, I did not want to die. While speaking five years after the horrific ordeal to ABC's Deborah Roberts, I never wanted to end my prayers because I didn't want God to leave me. Wow. I did not, I never wanted to end my prayers because I did not want God to leave me. Think about it. This young girl has been kidnapped and she has been held captive and she's going through all this horrendous stuff, but yet and still she's keeping that faith and keeping prayers going to God cause, and she didn't want to die. And then you think about it, you say, because the same person, someone, someone else in the same situation the same age the same circumstances could go through something like that and say I just want to die but if you think about it what I played for you the first clip that we heard from people that was her mother and then that was a um that was a a friend and people who knew her and they were talking about her positive attitude. They were talking about how she never how she, you know, she just had that hopefulness about her. And obviously she had the faith because she said she she never stopped praying. And those those factors made her resilient so that even though she ended up in that particular circumstance, she continued to have hope. I'm going to continue to read a little bit about this this young lady, because this is a phenomenal case study of hope. It says Hernandez recalled how Kibby allowed her to watch a press conference held by the New Hampshire attorney general's office who had opened a missing persons investigation into her mysterious disappearance after she disappearance, after she never made it home from school. And she said when she saw her mother, Zena Hernandez pleading for her return, she cried for the first time while in captivity. And then after that, Kibby allowed her to write a letter home and, and uh, finally got there and they held on to it. It says Deputy Attorney General Jane Young said during the hour-long ABC special that authorities were able to confirm Hernandez had written the letter after finding traces of her DNA on the paper, but they didn't know uh, how she came to write it. So they held on to it for a month before releasing it to the public out of concern that Hernandez may have not may have written it under her captors without the captors' knowledge, so so they didn't want to cause her any greater harm. But it goes on. I want to read another uh, quote about Hernandez. Hernandez said the entire time she was in captivity, she tried to remain hopeful. These are her words verbatim. Hernandez said the entire time she was in captivity, she tried to remain hopeful. She wanted to live, and she thought about, and she thought maybe Kibbe would free her. She was thinking hope. She was thinking hope in the midst of that tragedy. She was thinking hope. She wanted to live. And she was thinking Maybe I'm going to get out of this. That's thinking hope. It goes on to say one night she said Kibby fell asleep next to her and when she awoke, she saw his face for the first time. She said she immediately covered her eyes because she did not want him to punish her, having seen too much. But in time, Kibby revealed more of himself and his past to Hernandez, including the time he spent in confinement as a juvenile. He also confirmed his identity after she found his name pinned on a cookbook. Now, another thing, now this is another direct quote from Hernandez that we can see into her thinking. It says, part of how I gained his trust is I went along with everything he wanted to do, Hernandez said. That included helping him make counterfeit money, ultimately led to his undoing in her return home. And it talks about how he was making the money in the basement and and then uh he ended up um giving it to the wrong person who uh called the authorities and uh and then after that it wasn't long after that until he was um he was captured. It says on the evening of july the twentieth, twenty fourteen, Kibby dropped Hernandez off on a quiet rural road. So he dropped her off because he knew that the police were coming. And uh he didn't want them to find her there. So so he dropped her off. And this is a this is another quote from Hernandez. She said, I remember looking up and laughing and being so happy, she recalled adding, I just walked home. And then she and it says upon opening the front door, she called to her mother and her mother said, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And they were so happy, and, and she said I could, I could see stress, months of stress in her face, and it kind of killed me a bit. Uh, I can imagine all of, you know, just thinking of those of you who have children out there, mothers especially, and here comes your, your daughter after nine months from October to July, and she's home, and she's safe, and, and you, but you know that she's gone through just a living hell. It says, what's important to highlight is the courage that she had to survive for all of those months and her intelligence and her will to live. The fact that her family never gave up. The fact that law enforcement looked for her day in and day out for nine months, going to measures that the public will never know the extent of to find her, Young says. That's her uh, mother uh, sharing. Let's see. No, no, that's the, that's a reporter. Okay. Authorities surrounded Kibby's home and took him into custody on upwards of 200 charges. And he is serving 40 to 90 years in prison after striking a plea deal with state prosecutors in 2016. And uh, that saved Hernandez from having to testify about the graphic and disturbing details of her abuse at trial. So that was good. That was good that she did not have to uh, share all of the details and everything. And um, and she is nothing short of a miracle. They continue to, uh, to, to share about her. And it says, Hernandez, who now lives in Maine, is a new mom eager to celebrate and show off her baby boy. And she says, by coming forward publicly to share her story, Hernandez says she hopes to inspire others to never lose hope, even when they feel like they've hit rock bottom bottom and her direct quote is this hope is something that nobody can take away from you she said just keep that and you will keep going hope is something that no one can ever take away from you just keep that and keep going Well, we give a big round of applause to Abby Hernandez and this wonderful, wonderful uh, case study and real life, real life study of hope that is really confirming everything that we've been talking about. And that's 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 how we study the hope. We study the hope through our through our surveys and then we study through real life case studies where people they can testify to the to this power of hope and how. How hope brought her through this this tremendous obstacle and challenging situation, just that that she went through, and it could have ended so differently. It could have gone in a whole different direction, and we know that oftentimes it does. So we're going to look at uh, we're gonna I, I pulled out five points that we're going to talk about uh, from what we just heard of Abby from Abby Hernandez story. But, but before we do that, I wanna bring in to the conversation uh, some of the Hope Squad members and anyone else. I see the studio is lit up with many of you. I uh, think it, it's always a blessing when I can see the switchboard so full. And if you'd like to come in and be a part of the conversation, just press one and I should see your hand raised and then I'll pull you in the conversation if you have a comment, if you have a question, or or anything of that nature. Uh as I said, I shared uh most of this information was compiled from uh the interview that uh that they did on twenty twenty. Uh reporter Deborah Roberts did uh with Abby Hernandez and that aired on September the seventh, uh just just a couple of weeks ago. And then there was also some other uh newspapers that that and uh let's see. CNN and uh, some others too that, that I took some of their information just to kind of pull it all together. So it's out there if you want to find out more information. And we're definitely going to uh, look at uh, talking to Abby and, and just because and, she needs to come on and be a Hope citizen. I, <laughs> and speaking of Hope citizens, uh, before we bring uh, uh, one of the Hope Squad members in, I want to give a big shout out to our newest. Hope Universe Citizen, Doctor D. Carroll. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Dr. D. Carroll hails from the Maryland. She's she's currently living in, in the Maryland area. And uh, she's a powerful woman of God. She has a new book and she, you know, I just had a chance to uh, to, to, to meet her via conversation this past weekend but I tell you it didn't take her a long time. I mean she came right on and she said you know what I'm going to sign up and uh and she did and I told her that we're we're going to do some wonderful things together and I told her about all the other phenomenal hope citizens that we have and uh and so of course we'll be bringing her on our think hope podcast and I can't wait until we have our summit and we begin and we begin to bring all the citizens together. Oh my goodness, we're, think about it, all these hope, all this hope coming together is gonna light up the world. We'll light up the world with this, this power of hope because when my book comes out, we're, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a signing up in, in her area that she's gonna help me to organize. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just exciting, exciting times. And, uh, and so we're definitely gonna reach out to Abby. Uh, we're definitely going to reach out to Abby Hernandez because I'm telling you this is a this is a she's an honorary hopeologist already because that story is just phenomenal. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring in one of our hope uh, squad members, Christ Vision Tribe members. Uh, we'll start with you tonight, Millie. Let's see here. Hello, Millie.
3: Good evening, Dr. Tompkins.
0: Good evening to you. Wow. Wasn't that a story?
3: That was so powerful and dramatic, Dr. Tompkins, that it made my heart race. It yes. brought me back to something dramatic that happened to me at 14. And mm. hope is so powerful. If yes. I, I didn't realize it then that if I had not had the hope, the same hope, that yes. Abby has that you have that those that are going to persist in hope I wouldn't have made yes. it out of the dramatic event that I had gone through
0: yes yes so so it reminded you of 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 something would you you care to share a little bit we I think we have a, a minute or two
3: okay um real quick um I was picked up from school from my stepdad uh and he gave a lie saying my mom was in the hospital because that's the only way I would get in the car with him because mm-hmm. he had shown signs of um sexual abuse uh, tried to abuse me and mm. his his notion was he wanted to um rape me whether I surrender or he take it himself Jesus. And in him trying to do that real quick, the curtain fell down, and uh-huh. I kept calm even though I was so nervous, and said, "Let us put this uh, this curtain rod back up. We don't want anyone to see." Uh-huh. And he went for that, and as we were putting the rings that hold the curtain in place, uh-huh. I saw the window. And to me, it was like water. And I said, if I can dive through this, I can get away. And I did. I dove through it like it was water. Landed on my feet and ran out of there. So for that to bring that Abby Hernandez thing that happened to her, to bring me back all the way to that, my heart started to race. I understood. Hope is powerful, Dr. Tompkins. and so appreciative of you. Of reminding us and teaching us to keep hoping, and how yes. you, you teach us all of it the spiritual, um, you know, social, all
0: educational. It. Yes, exactly. I, hear you. I know what you're talking about. So that's wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for just uh, sharing that. And I certainly appreciate all your support in helping us to move this
3: campaign forward. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Tompkins.
0: Yes, I tell you, this Hope Train is moving forward, and we are experiencing great progress. That's what we hear in the background. That's that hope train and we are moving forward and we don't have the the sound of the whistle, but we just have the sound of that forward moving that God has us on and we just want to thank God for that tonight. And I'm going to bring in, I see Juanita. And So Juanita, thank you for just being so faithful and, and always uh, raising your hand and and coming on the show and 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 sharing with us, how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm doing fine, Doctor Tompkins. Yes.
0: Yeah. So what what were your thoughts as as I was sharing about Abby? Yes, very powerful, powerful story. And I love the fact that she held on to hope
3: and faith mm-hmm. and prayer, and that's what got her through. She yes. kept hope alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. You never give and, up. Yes. So
0: did that remind you of, of anything from your own story? Yes. Um. As a matter of fact, when I was out there on, on drugs for 20 years, and wow. I used to see a commercial on TV as I was getting mm-hmm. high on the PSA, as long as there's breath in your body, there's still hope. And that seed of hope stayed in my heart.
3: And I yeah. kept going on and on. I never gave up. Hope. Yes. Then I met yes. you, Dr. Jenkins And I've been running, running on everything yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we have been running on. We have that we have that hope train moving forward and we're not going to stop until we reach all around the world because hope is needed all around the world. So thank you for sharing your information and and just always being ready and available so that we can keep moving forward in hope.
3: Thank you. Thank you, you, Dr. Tompkins.
0: All right. You know, frequently people say it doesn't work to just think hope, and it's just wishful Pollyanna thinking. And others object by saying, what if I think hope and things never change or get better? But I have found that it does work to think hope, Because my life and others, just like Abby Hernandez, that we just heard, our lives have been changed through the power of hope. And the best thing about thinking hope is that even if things don't change, I change when I think hope. So even if the circumstances don't change, you cannot think hope and not change within the circumstances. So I want to uh, just share the points so that we can wrap up tonight, the points that I wanted to, that I want to make about learning how to put hope into practice uh, to, based upon the Abby Hernandez story that we just uh, talked a little bit about and heard about. Number one, keep your connection with God and her direct quote was, I never wanted to end my prayers. Because I didn't want God to leave me. So keep your connection with God. Number two, remain hopeful. Remain hopeful. She wanted to live. She kept saying that she wanted to live and she thought, so she was thinking hope, maybe Kibby would free her. And her exact words is, Hernandez said the entire time she was in captivity, she tried to remain hopeful. She wanted to live, and she thought maybe Kibby would free her. So number two, remain hopeful. Number three, and this is a little something that, that we learned from her story, and it also is backed up by Scripture. She agreed with her adversary. The Bible says agree with your adversary quickly. Uh, she agreed with her adversary and because we cannot let them know what we're really thinking and and that's what I always talk about on those lifetime movies and some of the other movies death time is, as we laughingly call it the the uh the, the people always the victims always tell the attacker what they're going to do or they always rebel and you know get all you know huffy and try to get back with them and then they just get the good beat down so i like i like that strategy of how she just, she said, part part of how I gained his trust is I went along with everything he wanted to do, and I know that was hard. I know that had to be hard. And then number four, laughter is the sound of hope. And remember when she when she was freed, she said, "I remember looking up and laughing and being so happy." And she re- and she recalled adding, "I just walked home." So laughter is the sound of hope. And then number five, and as we close is the fact that she is willing to share. She's not ashamed. This is, yes, it's been five years now. So it's given her some time to kind of, you know, uh, deal with and process some things. So you you don't want to share too early, but after a while you need to be able to share some of this. So share your story of hope always to inspire others. And as they said Um, She said, by coming forward publicly publicly to share her story, Hernandez said she hopes to inspire others to never lose hope, even when they feel like they've hit rock bottom. Hope is something that nobody can take away from you, she said. Just keep that, and you will keep on going. Just keep that, and you will keep on going. So, on that note, we are getting ready to close. I tell you, the time just goes by so quickly. Uh, we didn't get a chance to hear from everybody, but next week, we'll bring you right on. Uh, please join us again. Think Hope Podcast. We are we are here for this fall season, and we have some more Citizens of Hope, more stories. We have more things to share as we are moving forward in hope. If you'd like to find out more information about how you can become a Hope Citizen, please go to www.makeahopeconnection.com. Again, makeahopeconnection.com, and we would love to have you be a part of this movement. And, and, And again, a big God bless you and a big thank you to all of our HOPE citizens and HOPE supporters who are out there. We love you and God bless you, and we'll see you all next week. Remember, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope.